We're breaking down the New York Giants 25-22 win over the Cincinnati Bengals in the second preseason game. David Turner, former NFL scout, joins me on the podcast as we talk about the good and what still concerns us with this New York Giants team. That's coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Happy to have you with us on this Victory Monday. The New York Giants beating the Cincinnati Bengals in preseason game number two, 25-22. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the games start. And as we will be doing all season long, Joining me to break down some of what we saw during the game is former NFL scout David Turner did some work for the Giants at one point, the Raiders. He's been a personnel director for the CFL. He knows his stuff and he is here to help me break down what we saw on Sunday night with the New York Giants. David, thanks so much for hopping on with me as always. No, I'm so happy to be back this year and doing this, you know, Big Blue is in my blood. It's something that I've, I've always loved uh, since working there for a couple of years. So uh, following them and getting to talk about them and all this is just, it's an opportunity, which I couldn't pass up. And obviously working with you is just a pleasure. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. All right. Well, David, we've got a lot to talk about. Let's start off with Daniel Jones. You know, coming into this game, there was some question, would Brian Dable give Tyrod Taylor some first team reps would and then when the injuries to the offensive line happened would they even play Daniel Jones and I kind of figured that they would because Daniel has had an up and down summer and he could probably use the work you know probably could use even more work but um, he came in um, now his numbers were let me just see his numbers were uh, 14 of 16 which isn't too bad a lot of check down stuff and underneath stuff 116 yards. He did have the one interception, but that interception, I think, was more on the tight end, Bellinger, who got his hands on the ball, but tipped it right to a defender. But what I liked about what Jones did, a lot of smart decisions, the three drives he engineered crossed midfield. I thought that was probably the most comfortable and the best he's looked in this system. And and granted, it's a small sample size, but it was very encouraging what we saw last night. What did you see from Daniel Jones? No, from Daniel, I let's. I want to back up just one half step. This offense is looking really tailored for what they have going. Okay, like the Davo's doing a fantastic job, in my opinion, of tailoring play calls and and to the specific strengths to the offense. And that that also goes to Daniel Jones. I, I know you saw some underneath routes and different things yesterday, but Daniel hit a couple nice touch passes yesterday. He did a couple of things. He led his team past the 50-yard line, which last year was a rarity, right? So 
I think Daniel is looking really com- more, like you said, more comfortable. And what did we say in last week's show? It's probably going to be week five or six before this thing really starts maturating and going. But yesterday was an extremely positive step in that in that next level of understanding this offense, the next progression in this offensive play calling. You saw a little bit more of the combinational routes where, you know, first week it was kind of like all, you know, basic route tree stuff. Yesterday we saw tight ends working with receivers, receivers working with each other. We saw running backs out of the backfield working with tight ends in combination of routes. And people were opening up their friend, not just worrying about themselves. It was a really great game to watch. And it was a great, like I was a great scheme. And again, if Daniel hit that one to the tight end, he would have been 15 for 16 and one incompletion, right? Right. Even at 14 for 16, it's still a great day for Daniel Jones. And it's still a positive step in the right direction. Now, the one that Bellinger, it looked like Bellinger kind of slowed down, and that's why it hit his hands and looked like it was outside of his frame. I don't think he thought he was open because the underneath linebacker was underneath him. And so I I, I think that kind of slowed him down. I watched the play twice. I'm like, oh, it looks like he's pumped his brakes when Daniel was expecting him to keep running. But rookies are going to do that. Why? Because in college, that's not open. In the NFL, that's open. <laughs> so you got to be able to keep running and get the ball, son. But, I mean, other than that, I think Daniel looked really more confident, calm. But, again, I'm really going to be anxious, excited about this offense, as I've said before, week four, five, six, to see where it is. Because right now, we didn't see any starters from the Bengals, right? It was all their backups. So I don't want to get overly excited, but I think we took yesterday, you saw Debo, the offense, and Daniel take a nice progressive step forward, play calling wise, as well as the comfort wise. We didn't see all our star receivers with Daniel yesterday, right? So, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to get overly enthusiastic, but I absolutely want to be positive about what we saw yesterday for sure. And that third drive, the scoring drive, the touchdown drive, he completed eight in a row. Even his one run that he had wisely got out of bounds. He didn't decide to challenge the guy and show his toughness. So right then and there, I was like, ah, they finally got through to him. So I was happy to see that as well from Daniel Jones, who who by far that, again, it's preseason, it's a small sample size, but by far that is the best I think I've seen him play. Um, and and I, I don't know how long. Now, we got to give kudos to a degree to the offensive line. So let's talk about the offensive line. They came in, they were banged up. I think they were on their fifth string center in Max Garcia. They had maybe enough players for, I want to say two units, maybe two and a half. At the end of the day, it wasn't perfect, but I thought the pass protection was on point. Only one sack allowed, only two quarterback hits. What are you seeing from the offensive line combinations that they're putting out there that has been different? The double teams interior (coughs) and knowing where to slide interiorly is being figured out a lot quicker. Now, again, basic defense, not starting defense for the Bengals yesterday, but it still looks a ton better. People don't look like they're lost. They're not, they're not looking for, 
who to pick up. They know where to go, where to slide, how to help each other. Especially that interior three, they did a really good job yesterday of picking up double t- or picking up stunts that came, double teaming where the right slide needed to go. I mean, it really looked like a clean pocket for two and a half quarters until we got to the third, mid third, like by eight minutes ago, the third or so. Then it just started becoming a little bit more messy. But like you said, there's just not enough linemen to go around. And they were trying people in different spots. And you know what? I'll say this. I applaud them for this. Because a lot of people in preseason don't move guys around just to see if they can do it and get them on tape doing it. And they did yesterday. They moved some people around. They wanted to see if people could do different things. They weren't worried about the win or how pretty it looked. They wanted to put guys in position to see if they can earn a job. And, you know, versatility on the offensive line is how you earn a job when you're numbers six, seven, eight, nine, you know. You need to be able to play swing tackle, two guard positions, guard center, guard tackle. So let them do it in preseason. Let them screw it up in preseason and, and you know, not have to try to figure it out midseason when injuries continue and they persist. And there you go. So I, I really like that. Back to the positive. And that was good coaching. I, I think the coaching – is really a big difference this year. And I'm not trying to kill people here, but you see these players know what they're doing this year. So the blocking scheme is a lot cleaner. It looks like it really looks like they understand what they're doing. Nobody's lost, even though they're on like the fifth, sixth center line calls yesterday were on point for two and a half quarters. And it was like, they didn't miss a protection. I don't think they gave up that sack until the third quarter, if I remember correctly. So Everything was really clean, going really well for them. And I think the coaching needs to be applauded right now. And, again, we're not seeing all the live bullets, people, so don't get me wrong. But what we do see, we're going to be excited about because that was good Giants line play yesterday. And it's been a while. And not only the pass protection, the run protection. Mm. They opened up some holes, too, in the run protection. We saw holes open up for these running backs we haven't seen in a while. Saquon was on the sidelines drooling at one point (laughs) because he wished he had some holes like this over the last couple of years, you know? Um, And he could see the cutback lanes. I don't know if you saw they cut to him at one point in the game, and his eyes were lit up, and he was like, man, I could." He had his hands up here on his shoulder pads. He's like, I can see that. I can see that. You know what I mean? Like, he's taking over there. He's taking the mental reps. And he's like, man, I wish I was in the game because I could have hit that hole. Um, so the, their double teams, their calls, I can't stress enough. These play calls are so clean. Dable has a plan. He's executing the plan. Play A is leading to play B, which leads to play C, D, and E. Like, he's he's not showing everything. But yesterday we saw a little bit more. He let the team mature a little bit more yesterday. You saw how engaging he was. There was one time when he was over at the offensive line giving him congratulations, and there was another time he was over kind of coaching him up and said, hey, we got to do better. And he's very much in in the game plan. He's not just being cerebral and sitting on the sidelines. He's He's actually in there. I love seeing what he's doing and who he is so far. I saw him getting after the refs at one point yesterday, you know. So I was like, okay, here we go, Brian. Let's get it. Like, take ownership for this team. And you saw him a little bit more mature yesterday. First preseason game, he was a little bit kind of, think, reserved, getting his feelings, getting his feelings. It was his first time as a first league guy, right? 
yesterday. He's he's walking a little bit more swagger. Again, I think this is going to be a very fun coaching staff to watch. You know, but it's going to take a few weeks, guys. Right. Guys and gals, I'm telling you, week one, don't be like David. You said I'm saying weeks four through six. Watch what happens with this team four through six. Absolutely. And Dable's been terrific. I mean, what you see is what you get with him. Just real quick. I mean, for those who who are watching the podcast for the first time or haven't seen it in a while, um, I've been recovering from COVID and uh, which you'll probably hear my voice is still a little bit off. But um, Dable shocked me last week because he gave me a call and he said, hey, I heard you weren't feeling well. What's going on? So I'm like, you know, he knew I'm sure somebody told him in the Giants what was going on which I thought was kind of nice that he took, you know, a minute out of a, a, what's, what's got to be a crazy schedule to say hello and how are you and whatnot. So this is the type of guy he is. He does protect the players. You know, he he, he just kind of rolls with the punches and he's not so wound up uh, so tightly that you, you feel like you have to walk on eggshells around him. And you're right. This is a fun coaching staff. The assistants that he's hired, they just, you could tell they're confident in what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And they're the best thing of all is they're not necessarily married to what they're doing. And by that, I mean, if something has to adjust because they lose a guy or because something changes, they're flexible enough to change. And that's an area, David, I've always said that a coach that can go in and be flexible and change with the times is worth his weight in gold, as opposed to someone who insists that, I've got to do the same thing year after year after year because it's the only thing I know how to do. And don't ask me to do something different. Oh, absolutely. And if my way and the highway just doesn't work, right? A good yep. tailor tailors for the body, tailors for what's going on, right? And when your client comes in and gained a couple of pounds, you got to let that seat out, baby. You know, it's the way it goes. So, you know, you, you can't get upset about it. You got to let that seat out and just redo it really quick. And, and again, I think they are a very mature coaching staff in the sense of they've been in the trenches before. They know how to make adjustments to adversity. They've handled adversity already. The one thing I'll say about the offense, though I really liked a lot, I wish they ran the ball a little bit more. And I'll be honest, like rushing attempts to me were a little low yesterday. 20, 20 attempts. But, I, I, also, but mm-hmm. I also feel that he came in with a plan to test these quarterbacks and give these quarterbacks some time to throw because you saw not just Daniel, but Tyrod got 11 throws, I think, and then mm-hmm. Webb threw 27 times. So I think he was giving the quarterbacks an opportunity yesterday exactly. to kind of earn their spots and figure it out. He didn't want to go into week three of preseason and then give the quarterbacks time. He wanted to do it yesterday. We saw the plan. Week three, we'll probably see more of the running game. I just, you know, I'm just overall like, run the damn ball because that's (laughs) okay. But I see his plan. And again, you can, it's a very clear plan. The commitment to the passing, trying to figure out which receivers need to be making the team, which ones aren't going to make the team by who catches. And let's talk about the receivers really quick. But not, there weren't a lot of balls hitting grounds yesterday. No. Okay. 43 of 54 total. On, on the past target, 54 past targets, 43 receptions, 357 yards, two touchdowns. That's what I'm saying. So the, the opportunities were given to the receivers, 
And the day receivers were catching the ball, mm. like you, you, we talk about you know quarterback play a lot, but when in preseason to not see a lot of balls hit grounds, like when they're hitting hands, they're getting caught. So that receiver coach they got over there, he's doing his job. He's getting them ready to go, right? Like mm-hmm. they're getting opportunity. You better take it opportunity. We saw Bachman catch the touchdown, go right on to special teams, go down and make a, t- a tackle, right? Yeah. So, I mean, these these receivers, I'm going to give them their kudos right now because yesterday that was one thing I was very impressed with. We didn't see a lot of drops. And we've seen a lot of drops in the receivers or from the receivers with the New York Giants in the past. These receivers yesterday, with all those throws, you didn't see a lot of drops. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, betonline.net is the only place that offers the best information on the latest odds, contests, and player props for all your sports betting needs. No matter what sport you're into, betonline.net has you covered. Plus, they offer everything you need to know for live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head on over to betonline.net today to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the games start. You didn't. You also. I'm looking at the the box score here. No goose eggs. Everybody who got at least one target came up with at least one reception. And to your point about Dable having a plan, he did say after the game that he told offensive coordinator Mike Kafton not to run the ball as much because they did want to look at the receivers. And that's a good point because in the past, you would get some coaches that would come in and it's like, well, I want to win the game, even though the game doesn't matter, as opposed to let's figure out what we need to work on to make sure that we smooth that out in the game scenario. So it is a very different approach, I think, with this coaching staff. It's a sophisticated approach, and I absolutely love it. No, and I, again, I think it's awesome because they want to figure out what they have before they cut some, someone and not know and not give them a chance. Yesterday, I think every, like you said, every damn receiver got a target and they made catches when they, when they, when they had opportunities. You know, one receiver that I get excited about, which I think, you know, most people don't because I'm just a junkie and I'm a nerd and I watch stuff too much, <laughs> but DOS, DOS to me mm-hmm. is one that if he turns it like yesterday, I saw some advancement in his game that 20 yard long, and then he had a couple more. I saw a little advancement in Doss's game. I know we all know John uh, Johnson and Sills Bachman had a good day, but if kept if Doss gets going, I'm telling you, that's a receiver, he could be a nice sleeper if he gets going. If he makes this team or he even starts the year on practice squad. Watch this kid. If he if his confidence gets going, that's a kid with confidence and moxie that it could get silly if it catches fire. Interesting because he was initially cut last week because they needed to make room for an offensive lineman, and the Giants pulled him back and put uh, Robert Foster on IR, which you know and 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 Doss, you know, to your point, he was targeted four times, had three receptions, forty one yards. So that is an average of, uh, I'm sorry, he had 34 yards, uh, average of 11.3 yards per catch, 20 yards was the long one. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's a good observation because he's good in camp actually. And, uh, you know, when he was initially announced as being cut, I'm like, dang, you know, you could tell it was that desperate, but I'm glad they were able to pull that back before it became official because 
he is a guy that I think can be that can sneak up on you towards the bottom of that that um, you know depth chart for the Giants. So yeah, just an overall impressive showing by the receivers. Bachman, um, eleven of fourteen, he was the star, one hundred twenty-two yards, uh, two touchdowns. Teamed up well with Davis Webb, who mm-hmm. had himself a game. Um, Antonio Williams, seven of seven. 46 yards, David Sills, 5 of 7, 56 yards. This is some some decent production by this receiver group. I think they're they're deeper at receiver than they've been in a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did yesterday. He's like, let's try to figure this out. I think they tried to figure it out, and all the receivers stepped up and said, you're not cutting me today, coach. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> it's gonna you go it, what, on these kind of situations you go in at personnel and you're like uh, uh you start scratching that head right because you're <laughs> like they all kind of stepped up when we challenged them no one fell apart you know usually you try to have one or two fall apart and then you're like oh it makes our decision easier now the problem with the giants is going to be that offensive line health this yeah. week i think it's what tomorrow or thursday they got to cut five more people right by tuesday yeah, tomorrow. So some of these receivers might be casualties yeah. solely because they have to carry extra O linemen right now to make it through game three. And and don't be surprised if one of these or two of these guys are told, hey, listen, we got to make this cut right now because of the O line health. Stay in shape. You're going to be on our practice squad when we go down the line. Sure. And we can and we can make it. So don't be surprised. And if one of your guys gets cut, like if my guy Doss gets cut and then they bring him back, I'll be no surprise about it. But I think that uh, you know, for that that that's what the game is with roster control, especially when you have injuries at O line, you have to keep a couple extra to get through that final game. Yeah, absolutely. All right, David, let's talk now about the defensive side of the ball. Now it looked like Wink called off the dogs, not as much blitzing, not as much pressure. Um, I thought the defensive secondary, once we got past the starters, again, that young group, did anybody jump out at you? I, I didn't see anybody who really said, hey, here I am, I'm the guy. No one's doing that. You know, I, no one's doing that in my eyes. But I'll tell you what, there were some cheap calls yesterday by these officials. Like there was some ticky tack stuff, especially late in the later in the game. I was kind of like, man, you called that pass interference? Like the guy puts his hand out there and it's like the sticky glove got on the jersey and they called it because you saw a little jersey pull. It was like, man, he was picking the lint off his jersey. Give him <laughs> a break. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't a full grab. It was just a little something. Like, boys got to be able to touch. Get out of here, right? Um, but I'll say this. For what I saw yesterday, and we'll talk about the back end first, I saw Wink run more frontside man, backside zone. I saw some what we used to call triangle defenses from him. So uh, he's taking him a step forward in what he's trying to do as well, and we're seeing that kind of come to play. I saw a few of his blitzes. I saw him standing more people up in the line of scrimmage, which he likes to do. Again, I saw a little advancement. We didn't see all the stars and the bells and the whistles like you saw. But, again, I saw him put the secondary in position to think yesterday, and I think that's – I really think he wanted to see mentally who's going to be able to handle my defense 
when called upon because Wink likes to run a lot of different looks in the secondary. So if you mentally can't check into one and the other, it's going to be a problem. Yesterday he made them think a little bit to see which young guys could do it. Um, Darren Evans, to me, I like him. I, I think he's he's got a chance. Yeah. Um, I really I like what he, he showed yesterday. Corker has some good skills. Is that how you say it, Corker? Yeah, Corker. Yeah, he has some good skills yesterday. Uh, again, I think he's raw. He's probably a practice squad style player that you build and you work with. But um, he showed some good things yesterday. Um, who else? You know, Trenton Thompson. The Trenton Thompson. He's yeah. okay. He did okay. I, like you said, the back end is a work in progress. Mm. Especially yeah, the, yeah. the deeper you go. Now, when you talk about the front line, right? Aaron Robinson's still, he's still what I would call the Huckleberry. People are going after him. He's the Huckleberry. He's going to have to man up and say, no, you're not throwing that over here anymore. Uh, but right now, he's the Huckleberry. You know, Jackson looked good yesterday. I thought Jackson looked good. He came up in run support. He was a guy who, you know, he's got good length. He seems to really have a better feel. Week one, I thought Jackson was thinking a lot. Yesterday, it seemed like he was playing better. And again, this defense, I don't think it's going to be week one, week two, ultra impressive. It's going to be three, four, five, where it's going to come together because they need those live reps and bullets. You know, we didn't have the starters for the Bengals out there. So that game speed... I mean, yesterday we saw, you know, them hitting on their second cylinder. When you go to week one and it's all go, it's overdrive, you know, you got all the starters coming at you, it's going to be a different ball game. And, well, they have to have those live reps. But I, I saw some good things out of the secondary. I thought uh, Xavier McKinney looked well, right? Um, the only one that I really am like, oh, my, uh, is Robinson. Robinson and none of the young guys to me stepped up to try to push that issue yesterday either. Mm. You know? Yeah. I, I think they're going to have to add to that group. I mean, There's I agree with you. Coming. There's yeah. guys coming. Yeah. I just, I just, you know, I think their, their next cornerback is just not on the roster right now, but I do like Evans. Uh, like you said, um, you know, but otherwise, I'm I'm like mm, I got to see more. So, <clears throat> no, I'm with you. And again, I just I I think that's that's the you got to tune that in there, back there. That that's you you know Joe Shad and the group's got to they got to keep their eyes on the tape. And they got to be grinding it out. They got to play the numbers games and see who's available. Um, you know, because there will be corners available. That's one area that when I was at the Raiders, we always could find a guy to add to a practice squad that eventually would come in and wind up playing for us. Uh, For some reason, people will cut a corner quicker Mm -hmm. than they'll cut a safety. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up for you on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. Everybody knows, though, about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. 
That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads. They're looking to save lives. So if you think it's okay to drive home after having a few drinks, please think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Now, the other position that I think is still kind of up in the air on the defense is linebacker. And that position, I think, just was made a little more complicated by some injuries. So you have inside linebacker where Blake Martinez finally got some snaps, but Darian Beavers, the promising six-round pick, suffered a knee injury, which, you know, everybody's kind of bracing themselves for the worst. Fingers crossed that, you know, it's good news, but uh, everybody's kind of expecting it not to be. Uh, as we record this, we don't have any information. As we record this, Beavers, I believe, was getting tested um, Monday morning. But um, what do you do there? I mean, because you've, you've got Martinez, who is not long-term future. He will play this year. Um, you got Tate Crowder, Carter Coughlin, who has had some injury issues. I mean, the, that inside linebacker spot is just, I have a feeling they're going to have to disguise or work around that group somewhat because I, I don't know if they lose beavers I don't know that they have anybody that you can sit there and say yeah we can hang our hat on this guy yeah I, I got an idea here and I don't know how popular it would be but it's something I was thinking about when I was reading some stuff um, but yeah let's go back to just uh, I'll tell you in a second but yeah I liked what I saw out of Crowder Obviously, yes, you know, yesterday I thought Crowder had a good game. Uh, beat and you know, Martinez got a couple snaps, right? Beavers, yeah, last week I was jumping out of my seat for him, right? I was like, this is this is the guy, right? Like, let's go. Like, I was really excited. But if I was if I was Joe Shad, I would be calling over. I would be calling over to the Bears. I see where you're going with this. Because they got a guy that's not happy, and they got a guy that they don't want to pay. And right? how are the Giants going to pay this guy with their salary cap situation? Not this year. He's got he's got his cap and stuff in place for this year. Okay. You can sign him to the extension for next year and, and maybe three, four years down the line, right? I know I'm throwing you a curveball here. I didn't give you a heads up. I was going this direction before the show. But, again... I think I would call. Mm-hmm. I would try to make the call. And if they're willing to let you talk to the agent and the kid, because I don't think the kid's doing an agent. I think he's he's doing the contracts himself. But if Rokon, it's Rokon Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if he was open to being traded to the Giants and you could get the money figured out this week or next week, with a new contract, you would have to do a new contract for this guy. Again, I think their cap can manage this year with what he's got paid because he's not – He's is he is he really bad? 9.735. I'm looking at it now. And uh, I think that's – yeah, it's fully guaranteed. So you would have to lower that number but still ensure that he gets 9.735 mil. So – I, I like the idea, David, but I don't know that they can make it work. You know, you've got to address the offensive line. You've got to address the, the backup cornerback. Um, 
you know, they have roughly 4.8 million right now in cap money. Now they're going to get some money back when they cut guys, but they also have to devote about what, 3 million or so to the practice squad. If they want to carry a full practice squad, they really don't have a lot of money to, to mess with here. And um, I think the only way maybe, think, well, well, maybe well, they work out something with Leonard Williams to lower his number, which is the way I would do it. Um, but yeah, this is tight. It's tight, but doable. And like you said, Leonard, will you rework your money to help us get Rokon Smith behind you? Like, I think there's a lot of players on this team. If they knew it was that player, that guy, because that's a player. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, that's a player, <laughs> right? If yeah. you know you're getting him, that's a dude. And you're like, <laughs> if you get that dude behind me, yeah, I'll give up a little this year. Put it forward to next year, whatever you want. Let's play. Let's play Monopoly here, real quick, right? Let's let's do it um, to get Rokon Smith on the team. And I'm not saying it, it. They they need to do it, okay? But like you and I recognize that is the linebacker is not a special group. And when you know there's a special player that's disgruntled, and like yesterday's like you know finally he's like okay I'm gonna play out my contract, but you know that he's not happy in Chicago, and Chicago needs some picks. They're a team that's not going to make the playoffs this year. They can like, also use receivers. Yeah, they can use receivers. You got a couple extra receivers. Like, I would make the call today and just have the conversation and just say, hey, is it possible, you know, if I can work out my cap and, it, you know, if he's available, can I talk to him? See if he even wants to come here. Mm-hmm. And then if he's like, yeah, I, I can see myself playing in that defense, blah, 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 blah. And then you can say, okay, well, here's here's what we're thinking structure-wise. If you can get it worked out, okay, that would be an amazing addition to this defense. And it would fix – and he would fix he's, – he's young enough to fix 25, this. 25, yeah. Yeah, he's young enough to fix this for like five years. Yeah. So you're not – you can sign this kid to a five-year deal. And be comfortable doing it. And he's only 25 years old. And now you got him. You would have uh, <coughs> Thibodeau and uh, Ojolari. Mm-hmm. Three very key positions under 25. <laughs> or around 25 and under. That would be staples. Defense for, that's what I'm saying. You see you see why I'm going down this path and trying to entertain it? It's, it's because, awesome. <laughs> yeah, because you, it fixes a lot for the future. It's not a. It's not a stitch. I mean, this ain't a band aid. This is a stitch. Like you're putting a stitch, and you're permanently. This is a permanent over. stitch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're scarring over an issue right now. He's 25 years old. If you can pay this guy for the next five years and get him on the team, and it costs you some draft picks, it costs you a couple of receivers. And again, one of the receivers might be Tony. They're not really happy with Tony, from what I understand. So. It's like trade him Kadarius Tony, two draft picks even. I don't even care. Give him two draft picks, Kadarius Tony, get this kid on the roster. And now it I mean, come on. Come on. And I, I, I see what you're trying to sell. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. And you're right, the cap can be manipulated. Um, you don't want to go too crazy with it because if you start going too crazy. Um, you know, like, for example, I would not touch Kenny Galladay's contract because the sooner they can get out from that one, the better. So why make that any any more difficult to get out from? But, um, yeah, I think, you know, it, that that's an interesting 
interesting proposal. So that that's that's why I like I like having you on because you think outside the box. So, <laughs> all right, let's um, let's wrap things up by talking a little bit more about the injuries. You know, Thibodeau had. Wait, wait, before we get there, before we get there, I know, I know we, we're running out of time. Before you get there, let's talk about this front. We didn't talk about this front. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Now, we know Thibodeau. We know Ojolari. Those Smith guys. Smith is injured again, by the way. Foot was in a walking boot. Oh, go ahead. Say it one more time. I think I was talking over you. Yeah. Ellerson Smith, who, who yep. had, had a promising summer, he was in a walking boot. So that's not very good, what you want to see. Not what you want to see because I was really I'm really excited about Ellerson Smith. I, I hope the guy gets right. But let's talk about these other guys. Fox, who had an amazing game yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh Roche had another really good game yesterday. But yet Roche is for some reason I think he's buried behind Zimenez. I yeah, I don't understand I'll be honest with that. I don't understand that because when he got in the game yesterday. He was playing behind the line of scrimmage. He was penetrating. He was getting rush on people. Like, I really, like, if they wind up letting him go and I was a personnel guy somewhere else, it, I don't I don't know how you get Fox and him through waivers. I'll be honest. Like, both those players were really good players. You saw that they came off the ball extremely well played with their hands, freed up off blocks, had a good burst to close. Like these two players, and I think both those players could be good core four teamers with their athleticism, ability to run down and make tackles in space and stuff. So, I I, I mean, yes, we have those other guys up front that we, that we respect and we love, but this time of year, let's give the back end guys, you know, a little bit of love. And these two really stood out for me yesterday. I really thought they attacked the defense and played across or the offense and played across the line of scrimmage and they changed the they changed the game. So mm-hmm. for me, especially Fox in that last hit, obviously, to end the game, you know, he was playing in what's Wink's prevent, where he puts a couple guys by sidelines to protect people from going out of bounds, and then boom, made the hit, caused the fumble, and boom, there we go. But I like both those young players. I think that they're both good young rushers that would just be great backups to what we're seeing out of Thibodeau and Ojolari because those two are are really making a difference. The the front line is going to be great. Oh, yeah. But having those two backups in Fox and and Roche, to me, are showing showing really good versatility of things. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, speaking of of Thibodeau, he had the knee injury, again, not believed to be serious. He probably will not play – or practice this week, this final week of training camp. Beavers is the one that I think everybody's holding their breath on. Um, other injuries that the Giants had, Graham Gano with the with the um, the concussion, which, by the way, I thought Jamie Gillian, who started off this summer inconsistent, he's done well the last week and a half or so. So I was pleased to see that. C.J. Board came up with um, uh, a rib injury. I don't know who else got bit, dinged up, but – you know, it's going to be interesting because if you're able now, all right, so you've this is the final week of training camp. You've got a joint practice scheduled with the Jets, and then you have a preseason finale uh, at the Jets, which is basically a home game. I think, and, you know, I'm curious to see if this is what Dable does, just get your starters 
quality practice reps in a controlled environment against the Jets in the joint practice and then pull them out and sort out the bottom of your roster, any remaining questions you might have in the game itself. Don't put your starters in harm's way, especially after this last game where, you know, guys got banged up and whatnot. Am I crazy for thinking that? No, not at all. I think that's right along the line. Most of the you're going to see across the NFL is most of that. Um, you know, one thing I would say is that Thibodeau, what scared me was that his toe didn't move when he got hit, like the knee, but the foot got stuck. Yeah. And when you see the foot get stuck like that on a turf field, it's like, uh-oh, right? So yeah, that, but he did. He came back. He was smiling. He was laughing. You know, he waved off the cart. He was like, no, I got them fine. So it was very encouraging. Like you said, Beavers is more the concern here today. Um, what's going to happen there? But yeah, let, let's, let's, which we don't do, which I obviously don't do. Jamie Gillian yesterday was punting. Then he hit a 34 yard uh, extra, you know, extra point. This is a kid that's the punter. He's doing kickoff. He did all of it yesterday and he looked very good doing mm-hmm. it. So I was happy for the kid. He, he was, you know, He's someone that is, I don't know if you've gotten to know him. He's a little bit of a character. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've always enjoyed talking with Jamie and and uh, the whole process with him there. But uh, give the special teams kickers a little bit of credit yesterday. Now, special teams holding their damn rush run lanes. That's another I'm, story. <laughs> I'm still not happy with that. I don't think Thomas McGahee is happy with that because that was, they, they've looked bad the last two weeks. Let's Let's yeah. say what it is. No, absolutely. Like when we watched it last week, the one thing that was my negative that I brought up were holding the integrity of your rundown lanes on special teams. And yesterday we saw it again. We saw guys committing inside, going around blocks instead of through blocks. And you just can't do that. It opens up the running lanes too hard and too much. So that drove me nuts yesterday. It absolutely was. I was like, I said a few words that I can't say on your show <laughs> yesterday. Um, but that being said, Gillian and Gano, when Gano was in there, the kicking situation, the snapping situation, I think the timing, all that is very well in line with what they need. But now they have to figure out these rut, these, these, this, this lane integrity, just keep the lane integrity and let, and you know, like special teams isn't what it used to be in the NFL. You just got to keep your lane integrity and you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have a lot of guys, I think, playing special teams that probably won't be on the roster come September or so. And Thomas McGahee, look, look, he's a good special teams coach. He'll get it figured out. I know he will. I know this is probably eaten at him, but he'll get it figured out. I'm I'm not ultra concerned right now about specials, but they do need to tighten it up. And you would like to see him start to, you know, look a little bit better. But overall, David, I would say based on what we've seen in the preseason. And again, I know stats and wins and losses, they don't count, but overall you look at the progress that the team is making from week to week, they're headed in the right direction. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And like, like we were talking earlier, I think both sides of the ball had a plan this week to evaluate certain players in certain ways, whether it was the quarterbacks throwing the ball and the receivers 
catching the ball versus running the ball this week, whether it was the defense and what Wink was doing with the front side man, backside zone, watching people think through the process of this. Um, I, I, I really like what's going on here. There's a plan in place. They're executing the plan. They're giving players opportunity to earn positions, putting them in adverse situations, seeing who can handle it, who can manage it. The one hiccup is going to be the the four, the third preseason game with offensive line. What do they do there? Because mm-hmm. it's really hard to play an offensive lineman the whole way, a young buck, a whole game. Um, and so who's going to be healthy enough? Will they have to play a starter or two in, mm-hmm. in, in that trenches because they don't have enough bodies healthy to get through a game? You know, you can't just go – Mid mid game when there's an injury, tell someone to go suit up and play. Yeah. You're not interjecting a starter at that point, so you know you gotta you gotta really think out what's gonna happen. I think the rest of what you said, as far as not playing the receivers, obviously Barkley's not gonna play. Daniel's probably not gonna play. You know, let that all let them all sit. Bellinger should play because he needs more reps, but the rest of the offense will probably sit. But what do you do with the offensive line to figure it out? And on defense, I think you have enough competition that you can rest all the defensive guys, um, except maybe some of your secondary. Let your secondary get some more work together, I think would be good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll see because so far I think Brian Dable is winning a lot of people over with the plan that he has in place and how it's coming together and you know, onward and upward because it's about time. I'll tell you, it's again, preseason wins. You can't get too high. You can't get too low over them, but it's nice to see forward progress, which is, I think, all we could ask for when this whole process started. So David, as always, this was great catching up with you, getting your expertise. We will do it again next week. And then the week after that and thereafter, for however long the Giants might be playing this season, So thank you so much for uh, joining me, Giant fans. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked on Giants podcast, making us your first listener today, or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. For David Turner, I'm Patricia Chena. Have a great one, everybody.